wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. I met this guy, Jed Fetter from Pennsylvania. I brought you on this podcast because I want to talk trapping and what that means. You're not just targeting one species. You are going after, you know, your your land animals, your water animals. It is doing the work for you while you're not there. One of my favorite things about trap, it's an efficient way of removing predators. I like coyotes. To me, there's no more bigger thrill than walking up to a kite in that set. You've outsmarted one of the apex predators. I really like to target raccoons and possums too because they're nest predators and they are hard on our turkey population. We are allowing everything else to try and thrive. Anything that's gonna predate on our turkeys, on our fawns to help the next generation come up. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, we are back with another episode of Hunting Day, and uh, our guest today has been someone that I've known for quite a long time. I met this guy, Jed Fetter, from Pennsylvania. I met Jed in 2011 in Maine. We went on a bear hunt with the guys from Wild Mineral, and uh, Jeremy Davis with Wild Mineral invited us up. And that's where I met Jed. And I tell you what, sharing camp with Jed was an awesome time. And uh, so Jed, he's a, a member of the Keystone Pursuit Outdoors. And we spent a lot of time hunting bears together in Maine. And so, Jed, I appreciate you being on here tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to be here. So, Jed, I had a really good Pennsylvania turkey season. I tagged a, a really nice public land bird on opening morning, but I know you had some success down in your neck of the woods opening day. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. Took my uh, six-year-old son out opening day, and he ended up killing a long beard, uh, nine-and-a-half-inch beards, inch-and-eighths, birds, 23 pounds. I mean, for a six-year-old and that little 410, that was just amazing. And then I went out the second day of the season and I shot one too, 10 and a half inch beard with inch and a quarter spurs. So it was an awesome season tag out in the first two days. So that's awesome. Making you memories ask for anything better than that. No, not at all. Making memories with your son. And I'm sure that, uh, he'll never forget that. That's his uh, first Turkey, son, right? He's turning. That's his first Turkey. It's yeah. actually, this was his first year hunting, killed his first buck, killed his first doe. He killed his first squirrel. He trapped his first raccoon. It was just a whole year of first. It was a banner year for him. So, I mean, it, it has really gotten me full bore into it with him doing this. So yeah. So I, I tell, couldn't be any happier. I tell people all the time, like once my kids started hunting, I didn't care anymore. It's not necessarily I didn't care anymore. I didn't care to go hunting by myself anymore. I would much rather go with them and to see them experience it. Is that a lot the similar for you? Oh, definitely. I get more of a thrill and more of an adrenaline rush watching them do it than me personally doing it. It's just in the emotions that take over when you see your kids do that it's i don't know how to describe it it's just it's so powerful and it's so enjoyable to watch them follow into footsteps yeah no that's awesome that is awesome all right so you did some turkey hunting this year you had a lot of success but i brought you on this podcast because i want to talk trapping 
and what that means. We uh, we actually just had Ted Nestor on, and uh, he talked about predator hunting, and he hunts with thermals, and he takes a lot of coyotes and red foxes out of the population. Um, but trapping, I feel like, is probably a way more effective approach to that. Um, what, what's your take on that? Yeah, I would agree. Um, you have a trap, and it's working 24-7. I don't have to be there. It is always there. And you're not just targeting one species. You are going after, you know, your, your land animals, your water animals, and you have your land and water, like your raccoons that are a mixture of where you're going to catch them. So it is doing the work for you while you're not there. That is my, one of my favorite things about trapping. We are, it's an efficient way of removing predators. Okay. And so trapping, you can, like you said, you, you various animals across different terrains and what's, uh, what's probably the most go-to, um, or if you were a beginner, what would be the best way to get into trapping? The best way to get into trapping would be to buy like some one and a half dukes, Okay. And learn to make a dirt hole set and go after your foxes, raccoons, and coyotes. That would be the best way to start. Okay. Absolutely. And then as, as you progress, you, you go after other animals. And uh, you had mentioned water traps or, or water animals and land animals. And what's the difference between a water trap and a land trap? Uh, the difference is your technique. I mean, you're going to catch a lot of raccoons on both land and water. But when you're water trapping, a lot of times you're trapping mink, you're trapping muskrats, beaver, raccoon. So there's different techniques. When you're going after your, your coyotes and your foxes, you know, you're, you're covering different terrain. You're making different types of sets. Yeah. You know, that's all stuff that when I was growing up, it was hard to get the information because nobody wanted to share it. And yeah. Now with the fur prices down, guys are more than willing to share the information now. So there is a whole vast world of information on trapping now that was never available. So yeah, it's really great to see in the trapping community. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And can you, um, so I'm not, I don't, I want everybody to know, I don't really have a trapping background, but it is something that I've been very intrigued about and me and Jed have talked on and off about getting into trapping, and this is something that is I want to get more involved in. And uh, but it, if we have a listener that may not necessarily know much about trapping, Jed, um, your set. What does that consist of? My set. Um, you're going to have your traps. You're going to have your stakes. Uh, you'll have your sifter, a trowel. And uh, you want to have some lure and some bait. I mean, it's pretty simple. And okay. it doesn't have to be expensive because a lot of this stuff you can make. Okay. You don't necessarily have to buy it. So as, as you get more into it, more experience, some of the you know fabricated metal stuff is a lot nicer, lasts longer. But for someone who just wants to run a few traps, you know, pull up a couple YouTube videos. Guys will show you how to make a sifter. They'll, you know, show you how to make your own uh, trap pan covers, stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's very simple to get into. Yeah. So your main, your main target species, or do you have a main target species when you're trapping? Yes. And no, I mean, it's a, it's a complicated and a simple answer. I don't know how else to put it. I like coyotes. That is what I am after. Um, to me, there's no more bigger thrill than, walking up to a coyote in that set he's growling and he's howling at you 
you've outsmarted one of the apex predators. Yeah. But I really like to target raccoons and possums too because they're nest predators. Yeah. And they are hard on our turkey population. So, yes, I want to get the coyotes, but the, and what I would call the easy animals to get to, we like to say that in the trapping community, the, the possums and the raccoons, they're for the kids. Yeah. But that's a great thing to start out on because they're easy to catch. They'll come to any bait, any kind of set. Okay. And uh, you had mentioned that that is good for um, turkeys because these animals are nest predators. And right now, a lot of, uh, a lot of hens have, either uh the they're they're still setting on their nests or then the eggs have hatched and now we have bolts running around so what you're doing is you're helping those those animals you're giving them a chance right that's what that's exactly what we're doing we are allowing everything else to try and thrive anything that's going to predate on our turkeys on our fawns you know that is what we are after to help the next generation come up so we can keep enjoying what we do yeah if we don't keep these animals in check there's you know there's a chance we might not have something to do in the years to come yeah so ted had mentioned something about coyote hunting because it helps with fawns and he said you know i love to hunt deer but i also love deer and that's why I do what I do with the coyotes. And so this sounds very similar as far as your philosophy. That is. And mine, I am a diehard turkey hunter. I love turkey hunting. I love wild turkeys. They're, they're a beautiful animal. They are so fun to call to and to chase. And I don't know what I'd do if they weren't here. So I am out here to help them thrive. Okay. No, that's fair. That's very fair. So uh, how long have you been hunting and trapping? I've been hunting and trapping since, oh, since I've been 12. In Pennsylvania, we can't start now. My father did start taking me along for walk-alongs when I was about six or seven years old. But 12 is when I really dove into it. Yeah. So in tra- trapping, that came along a little later on in my mid-teens when I finally could drive and take myself to check my own sets and stuff stuff like that so because you know dad wasn't waking up four o'clock a.m to run me to farm to farm to check traps before he had to go to work and i had to go to school (laughs) right okay and uh you had mentioned that like when you were growing up the the age limit or the minimum age was 12 but they've since changed that right we now have a mentor program yeah kids can start at any age you know as long as they have a mentor with them and there's some other laws and regulations that go along with it as to how they get their tags but yeah, at any age they can start now, which is, it's great. I love being able to get kids out, you know, earlier on. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I I know a guy and I'm sure you know him really well, uh, Tom Miranda. Oh yes. And so reading some of his books and just hearing some, some of the seminars he's done and some uh, watching some of his videos, he said that being a trapper made him a better hunter. Would you agree? A hundred percent. What you are doing when you're trapping and the biggest thing, like trapping coyotes, we are looking for locations where they are going to and coming from. We don't want to find just one spot where he passes through now and again. We want to find the high traffic areas. Well, when you're scouting and looking for those areas, it makes you more aware of your surroundings and you start to realize, oh, well, the deer are using these trails. The turkeys are using these trails. If you're in the mountains trapping, you end up finding these places where there's old logging roads that 
are almost abandoned, but there's a trail there. There's a road there. Yeah. And these animals are using those spots. And it, it makes you a lot more aware of your surroundings and how they are reacting to the, to the landscape and to their environment. Okay. So what would be the most difficult predator that you've trapped? I would have to say a mink. Mink have been the hardest thing for me to trap. They are, they are sly like a weasel. Okay. And so slippery, they can get through the tiniest little nooks and crannies. And if you don't have that trap set just perfect, you don't get them. Yeah. So and next to that would be a coyote. A coyote is one of those animals. Once you figure them out, they're not that hard to catch. Okay. You have to go into it with a mindset of you're trying to catch a dumb dog. Yeah. That's that to me has been the the saving grace, I should say, from some older gentlemen that have taught me to trap was stop giving them too much credit they are just a dog and once you figure that out they no longer become this mysterious apex predator that is so hard to catch yeah so uh, i love it when I've, I've taught two guys now to catch them and they have now come to a point where like you were right they they aren't that hard we were overthinking everything so it's it's fun to watch I like it. I like it. Just a dumb dog. I tell you yep. what, I, I need to take that mentality because me and Ted were talking about predator hunting and some of the things that me and him did starting out versus where he's at now. And, um, he, you know, he's got a thermal. I've got a thermal. And we've got electronic calls. There, there's so many things that, you know, we've done to increase our chances and he's done really well with it but i'm still at that uh, you know i can be successful but i'm not as successful as him and so maybe i need to take that mentality as they are just a dumb dog i do like that i like that a lot yeah. and i've told people this as a trick i have used i will take my dog on the trap line with me oh. if he stops and he sniffs a bush and he wants to pee on it guess what a coyote's going to want to stop there and pee on it too if he stops and he scats over here in the corner, guess what? Kai's going to come over and scat right there, too. Watch what your dog does. He's going to give you the signs of where those coyotes are. Man. Vice, vice versa. That's actually some really good advice. I never yeah. would have thought of that. No, I yeah. do know that there are a lot of predator hunters, coyote hunters specifically out in the Midwest, that use decoy dogs. Decoy dogs. They're live dogs. It's their pet. But they've been trained to go out to get the coyotes and bring them back as they're calling. Coax, coax them back in. Yeah. They're canines. They're, they're, they're no different. It's just a different, you know, it's no different than a, having a black lab and a beagle. They're dogs. They want to interact. Yeah. So your dog, it can be one of your best assets on the trap line. It doesn't matter what, even foxes. Foxes are a really good one because a fox likes to mark his territory with a lot of urine. Yeah. Your dog will find every scent post that that fox has created he will show you where they're at okay so if your dog's showing you sign don't ignore it now he you know their noses are a lot better than ours yeah so we deer hunted a lot in the eastern shore of maryland and there are a ton of red foxes over there to the point where one of the guys that i work with went with me and uh, this was probably 2018 and during the muzzleloader season late muzzleloader season it was in december and he killed multiple deer and after every gunshot he would have a red fox 
on the blood trail. So at some point, the I'm talking like 10 minutes after he'd shoot a deer, he'd have a red fox show up near his stand and find the blood trail. And then on two carcasses, had already started eating on them. And to the point where we started having to remove the red foxes. <laughs> just, oh, wow. Yeah. That just goes to show how good their noses are. Yeah. And uh, anyone else who's starting out, when you're using your lures and baits, just that, just a couple drops of blood and them foxes are picking up on it. When you're using lures and bait, less is more. Yeah. It, it will last and they'll smell it, especially if you're using a lure that has like a really skunky, you know, deep odor to it. It doesn't take much. You know, small, like half pea size amount of lures, more than enough to last several weeks, even through, uh, you know, some bad weather, snow or heavy rains. There's no need to re-lure, rebate, and that, I think that's a, some mistakes some beginners make. You know, oh, we're going to throw a big glob in here just because we want them to smell it. And yeah. guess what? That might hurt you more than it does because if it burns your nose, something that smells 10 times better than we do, it's definitely going to burn their nose. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, Jed, real quick, if people wanted to get a hold of you on social media, what would be the best way for them to do so? Uh, go to Facebook or Instagram and just look us up on Keystone Pursuit Outdoors. That's the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, anybody from Keystone Pursuit will go reach out to you, and uh, we're very responsive. So we'd love to hear back from everyone. Now, Jed, we've covered a lot of uh, really good information here on trapping, and I'm learning a lot. And uh, because we've covered so much, I would definitely would love to have you on again next week. And uh, we could talk more and we could talk, uh, really kind of give you the floor to, to really educate us on more in-depth stuff. And uh, if you're good with that, we'd love to have you back next week. Yes, I'd love to. We can go over you know, trap preparation, you know, how you want to get ready for the season, trying to figure out what locations and how to find them. And we can cover any of that. Perfect. I love it. Well, uh, to our listeners, we really appreciate you uh, tuning in again this week. And uh, we really love and uh, we just we, we love and respect you. And we thank you for all your support. And uh, until next time, keep hunting and keep doing what God calls you to do. Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.